0: Hello and welcome to the Revolutionary Wrestling Podcast. I am your 13-time RWP champion, the non compa friendly the quadruple-distilled and non-chill-filtered Tony-fucking-G. Find me on TikTok, Rod 2 Today, it's a bit of a somber day and we've got a lot to talk about and I'm going to try to fit it in as quickly as possible. We're doing the AEW All Out review results and the fallout from AEW All Out. First off, congratulations to defending champion Chicken who went in unprecedented 14 of 15 on predictions. Uh, That's mind-blowing, unbelievable, and we will be looking into it because clearly and frankly, there was actually collusion this time. I don't know who he knows in AEW, but something's up. And you know what? The time is nigh. It's time for Tony G to take back what is his, and we just can't have this... uh, offensive, ridiculous, and blatant theft of the title anymore. It's coming home. Extreme rules. Mark my words. All right, let's blow through the pre-show, the zero hour on YouTube. Sammy and Tay defeated Ortiz and Ruby Sohu to defend the AAA intergender tag titles. This was stupid. I hated everything about this. They even got in Sammy getting run over by a golf cart because we haven't seen that before. So, uh, yeah, maybe two stars. One seven five at best. Hook defeats Angela Parker to retain the FTW title. Really liked this match. Wish it would have gone like longer, because Hook's great to watch. Uh two and a half. Hook's amazing. Love him. Pack defended the All Atlantic title against Kip Sabian. Kip hasn't been in a ring for like forever. Been wearing boxes on his head. These two matched up well. This was a really good match, but uh, I didn't have a lot invested in it, so I had three, three stars. Good match, Pack wins, and then they set up another feud with Orange Cassidy, because that's what we need, right? Right? Everybody loves Orange Cassidy, not me. And then in the surprise of the entire evening, Eddie Kingston defeats Tomohiro Ishii in, for me, a three-and-a-half-star match. I know I just saw Sheamus and Going through, absolutely beat the piss out of each other on Clash of the Castle. This was different. This was more New Japan style. But this worked too. Uh, this is one of the best matches of Eddie Kingston I think I've ever seen. These two have a great chemistry and this match worked. Uh, it's too bad it was on the pre-show because the crowd was in it. This was great. I loved it. Three and a half. This was out of the box for me. Because usually I don't like Eddie Kingston's matches this much. This was pretty damn good. Okay, so let's start off with the opener. The Casino Battle Royal ladder match. I'll be frank, I didn't get to watch this match. Uh, I missed this one. I'm trying to get my stream to work. So, doesn't sound like I missed a whole lot. It was as expected, a big car crash, uh, spot fest, and I wasn't that invested in anybody involved. I love Claudio. And in a nutshell, the Joker won. The Joker won. Well, rather, Stokely, Hathaway, whatever, he won and then gave it to a masked demon man who did not reveal himself. So some random masked man is the (laughs) number one contender to the All Elite World Championship. That makes sense, Uh, so not rating it, didn't watch it. In a match I just couldn't get into, the finale of the trios championship tournament, the Elite defeats the Dark Order. No shock here, expected this. Uh, I don't. I don't care. I just. I wish I could. I just don't, because this is what they've been trying to do. Set it up for years, and they finally got their belts. And this is just a title that they can carry around forever. Because frankly, it's not one that needs to be defended very often. Even though they do do a lot of trios matches in AEW, so they'll probably do a lot of dynamite defenses. But this isn't a belt that needs to change hands. Help, just let these guys have it for the entire duration of them being in this company. Because, frankly, it just keeps them more secluded to their own little niche audience. So, uh, I didn't love it. I, I don't care. 2.75. This wasn't for me. And a match that I actually did enjoy, that even though it was a bit clunky in a lot of places. Uh, Jade Cargill defeats Athena to retain. The TBS Championship, as we expected. And she came out, Jade did, looking like She-Hulk. Great look. She has got so much charisma. This, this woman is money. If you just polish her up in the ring, she'd be golden. I liked how Athena started this. Hit a couple big spots, hit her finish, could have had the match won. What a shocker that would have been. But then they kind of told a better story, and she, she had her on the ropes, but of course in the end, Jade capitalizes it. Hits are finished. Strong, clean one, two, three. I I got nothing bad to say other than, yeah, Jay, I really wish Jade would clean up some of her work. But other than that, she's one of the most protected and well-structured and imposing champions on the roster. You believe her. So I wish they could do more like this with other champions. Because frankly, they, they got it right with her. Like I said, a few clunky spots, though, so I'll uh, I, I'll give it 275. I think that's fair in terms of this one. <sighs> FTR and Wardlow. Defeat Jay Lethal in the Motor City Machine Guns. This was probably match of the night, hands down. i uh, give it 375. They told a great story here. Uh, Sanjay, the manager, comes out wearing the uh, fight like an 8-year-old brat. Honestly, that was pretty good. I liked that. Uh, FTR Wardlow come out Dax's daughter's with him cute, adorable this is this is wrestling when you do it right, when you want to involve kids this was actually done right so they've got the full support of the crowd FTR is on fire, the match itself really damn good uh, Dax is just so so committed to everything he does Wardlow looked like the beast he should be in this match, Cash is just so fluid, I love him lethal what a what an athlete and what a professional what a vet and the motor city machine guns i've missed them as a tag team you know since i haven't watched impact in years they were one of my favorites that said i wish this was just motor city machine guns versus ftr because frankly that could have been the main event at least in terms of crowd <sighs> appeal and fulfillment motor city machine guns versus ftr that would, that would be an incredible match. That'd be a great match. I actually hope we get that held. That'd be another great way for FTR to pick up another set of tag titles. Have them beat Motor City Machine Guns for the Impact titles. That'd be great. I'd love that. Ugh, I want to see that match. This match I give it three seven five. Uh, Wardlow and Lethal and the big guy and even Joe coming out at the end with uh, Dax's daughter coming out and snapping the pencil. Pin and Sanjay. It was great. I really loved this match. This was this was wrestling done right for a mid-six-man match. Like, this was this was pretty damn good. I, I really enjoyed this a lot. Something I didn't enjoy at all, which was just surprising. Powerhouse Hobbs defeats Ricky Starks. I had Starks. I thought this was a lot. Like, I, I thought they were going to give these guys more time. No, uh, Hobbs just kind of steamrolled over Starks, which makes sense if he's going up against anybody else, but I thought they were building towards this. I thought this was going to go somewhere. This... This felt really, really flat. I, I don't know what they're doing here. I don't know where they're going with Starks from here because they put him in a position where the the crowd's behind him. He's, he's doing good with his face turn, but and Hobbs needs to be protected too. But I, I I didn't like this. It just it was a big swing and a miss. Like I don't know. I don't know where they're going with the booking here. They must have something in mind. It just didn't hit home for me. Uh, two two and a half at best. This this felt really, really flat and. Yeah, unfortunate. I I want to see a rematch, but right now after that, I kind of don't. I kind of hope they go their separate ways and do something completely different because I guess that was it. Yeah, big big whiff. Why didn't you just call an audible, audible Tony Khan? Why? You had the crowd eating out of the palms of these men's hands. Look, uh, Swerve in Our Glory defeats the acclaimed for to retain the AEW Tag Team Championship. They should have called an audible. This was 100% the wrong call. The titles needed to change hands here. Uh, there's no reason that they shouldn't have. There's no reason that they couldn't have. It's not like Swerve in Our Glory is an established team anyway. I'm not saying play hot potato with the belts, but the crowd was so jazzed. They were so high on the acclaim. This was... The crowd was electric for this thing. Honestly, I I don't know if they got even this amped up for punk in certain aspects, because this had all the makings for a title change. Uh, Lee hit Swerve, Swerve hit Lee, both inadvertent. Like They had this match completely set up for a title change three, four different times. I understand we're we're trying to do false finishes and we're trying to surprise the crowd, but then they end up retaining in a really flat spot anyway, and what was the point of it all? Like, you can't come back from that. I think the Acclaimed just missed their shot, and it's a damn shame. Unless you, like, write this wrong on Dynamite. They should have done the title change here. I, I don't know why they didn't. I had the Acclaimed. I thought they'd do it, and judging by the crowd response, why didn't you? This massively missed opportunity. Like, the Gun Club and the Acclaimed have been doing nothing but stuff on TV where people have been seeing them front and center, and I, I get swerving our glories, the champs, and they've been featured as well, but they felt secondary. That's why people expected the title change here. And it should have been one. Um, honestly, I'm pretty disappointed. I'm not even that huge of an Acclaimed fan, but it was the right place, right time, right crowd response, and... Another one, Tony Khan just didn't see the forest through the trees, I guess. After that, my uh, hopes of winning the belt were pretty much dashed, so I was really just hoping for a strong finish for myself at this point and a few good matches, and unfortunately, the next match was Tony Storm, Jamie Hayter, Britt Baker, and Hikaru Shida for the Women's Interim Championship, I guess. Uh, I, I don't know. I couldn't get into this. This just didn't do it for me. And they attacked Sheeta, so they helped her to the back, only for her to come back minutes later. So you had Hater and Baker double-teaming Storm. And this just didn't, I don't know, the, the The flow didn't feel right. They didn't really establish any great storytelling. Like I saw what they were trying to do, but they didn't set it up well. I don't know, this didn't really work for me. Tony Storm ends up getting the W, though, so uh, good for her. I, I had her to win. I think it's just this was a way to get the belt on her, uh, try to ride some of that momentum from. This, this is one of the stars that they signed from WWE NXT that they've actually done something with. So kudos to her. They must be still high on her. That's that's good. I don't know. This just didn't do it for me. Two seven five. I I don't know. Oh, and I did forget to rate the the tag match. I, I apologize. That one that one's pretty damn good for me. I'm gonna give that an easy. <sighs> three and a half. I could go higher. I could go higher, but I'm, I'm going to stick with three and a half because it was the wrong finish on that one. Uh, Storm was probably the right call, though, in this in this match, so... I don't know. I, I, I guess I'm interested to see what they do, but I'm assuming they're just going to set up another feud with Britt Baker. Unless Jade Cargill's ready to move up. guess we'll see. I don't know. Uh, the only match that uh, our champion picked wrong, Christian Cage defeats Jungle Boy. I... Called this one hundred and ten percent. Luchasaurus hasn't touched Christian Cage throughout this whole back and forth. Willie Woney and he immediately attacks Jungle Boy, uh, as Jungle Boy's coming out after Christian gets slapped by Jungle Boy's mom. This was great. This was pro wrestling. Cage is a great heel. This was quick. It was in and out. The match was like that. No, no, I can continue. I can continue. Flat spear, boom, one, two, three. This was this was exactly what it needed to be. I loved this so that way when you do see the actual match Jungle Boy defeating Christian Cage it's actually going to mean something now I thought they were rushing to the finish here now this was perfect, I loved this do it again, three stars all the way, it was quick the whole presentation, three stars not just the match, because the match was nothing but the presentation and the delivery spot on, loved this one why? just why? Brian Danielson what is wrong with you? Dude, you you were the hottest heel, maybe in the business, uh, opposite Roman Reigns six months ago. Now you're doing jobs to Daniel Garcia for no reason, and you just now are officially 0-4, one-on-one with Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho, who has some of the worst ideas in sports entertainment, and that's not a shoot. That's not me being k That's just... He He says he's a sports entertainer. He 100% is. But he's worse. Because the shit that he's doing is worse than anything WWE was doing under Vince. Like, if Vince tells you no and then you go to another company and do it, it must be pretty damn bad. And that's what a lot of Jericho shit has been. So how Danielson got stuck in this damn situation, I understand, it was Lionheart Chris Jericho. And he actually put together a pretty, pretty good match. This was probably the best... Jericho match I've seen in years I'll give the match 3.25 but Danielson should have won this or Daniel Garcia should have come out and at least had some mixed emotions standing ringside and watch the finish I don't I don't know, Jericho eventually gets the kick to the groin and wins I, mean, I know he cheated technically but it was pretty flat Danielson's been made to look like a joke he's been made to look like a mid-tier player and at this point I, I don't think there's any salvaging him there's clearly no plans to put him back in a title picture I don't know what they're doing with this guy this is this is one of the biggest signs and wastes he's gonna give you stellar matches every week you put him on TV but what a waste I, I hated I hated the way this ended this was this was really flat for me I I don't know how you fix Brian Danielson at this point Jericho needs to go away I'm over it. Frankly, after the Danielson match, I was pretty defeated on the rest of this show. And the next one up was Sting, Darby, and Miro against House of Black. I didn't care about this match. Two and a half. Uh, Sting got the Black miss spit on Malachi. Team Sting wins. There you go. I hated this match. I didn't care. (sighs) This thing had already gone on for a long, long time and most of these matches fell a little flat, if I'm being frank. So... I wasn't in this one. I know what they're trying to do, and there's some questions whether or not Malachi's even going to be a part of the roster moving forward, because he took a little bow and a wave, and I think he's trying to get the hell out of there, because he can see the writing on the wall, too. Turmoil is a brewing. So, I don't know where they go with the House of Black from here. Malachi stays or doesn't, I don't know. What what does Darby and Sting do? I don't know. I don't care. Just fix a lot. Fix everybody involved in this thing, because this... This was another dumpster fire, in my opinion. Oh, the main event. All right, uh, I'll just say by my own standards, this was a decent enough John Moxley match. CM Punk going against Moxley for the AEW World Championship. Mox a two-time champ now. Now, so is Punk. Punk picks up the W here. Yeah, they try to do the mirror image right out of the gate. Punk gets an early advantage, hits the go to sleep, but only gets a two count. Uh, Moxley doesn't even bleed through this, but Punk bled a lot. They they told a good story here. Punk's hurt. Punk's not 100%. Punk can't quite find that opening. Moxley's attack and the joints and the nerves and the, the the injuries. Like, this wasn't bad by any means. I actually thought it was an alright match. I just wasn't that invested in it because it's Chicago. We all knew what the end goal was here. We gave Moxley the, the badass looking win. Only to come and lose this match and that's exactly what happened here finally punk gets the gets the one two three as he should have i i guess i can't complain overall about how they played this out but i don't know it just it didn't land for me in the grand scheme of things i'll give this match three and a half it was fine it was just another punk match he's, he's great moxley did better than i expected but it's still Jon Moxley. He's still going to have the garbage spots. I mean, they fought in the crowd. There's no countouts. Basically, no DQs. He got his shit in without it actually being a no-DQ match. So, it just it takes me out of it. Have a match. Or don't have a match. Just, let's get... Let's at least call it what it is. Like, this is garbage wrestling. John Moxley is the garbage wrestling king. And... I'm kind of glad they took the belt off him, because if he's going to go have make-out uh, groin-squeeze matches and GCW or wherever the hell, he doesn't need to be the AEW world champion. Just, no, he doesn't. <sighs> then the aftermath of the match, uh, Moxley disappears. We go to Dark, voicemail plays, Tony Khan's begging MJF to come back. They show some old highlights of Punk. Then the masked man comes out, reveals himself to be MJF as he puts the scarf on gives the I'm coming for the title signal Punk holds up the belt that's where they go off the air so we've got MJF back we've got him going after Punk this isn't exactly how I would have done it and we just had Punk MJF and they they have great chemistry they have great matches I just didn't know this was the route they were going to go can we expect MJF to take the belt off of Punk at full gear I think at this point yeah we probably can at this point Though, what we're going to talk about next, I'll be surprised if Punk's even in AEW, frankly. Uh, yeah, but overall, this was not a strong showing for AEW. It's a long show. The people in the arena, probably seven hours. A lot of matches fell flat. This was not my favorite time watching AEW, I'll be frank. I'll, I'll give this a two and a half out of five stars. It's an event. Uh, so where does AEW go from here well they went into the press scrum and this was really just CM Punk talking Tony Khan hardly said a word Tony Khan just kind of sat there making weird facial expressions depending on what Punk said at that given response a lot of it was focused on Cole Cabana and him justifying why he hates Cole Cabana so great Um, and then he doubled down tripled down even on why Hangman is just kind of a little bitch, to be frank. Went into a business for himself. That explains why his promo was so good, because he went off script. Why Punk seemed confused in his response. Why the whole segment didn't work before their match for the title. Yeah, a lot of things made sense. And then Punk going into business for himself. I mean, potato, potato, tit for tat, right? I don't see why it's not fair. Just because you like Cold Cabana? Yeah whatever uh, Page has kind of proven himself to be a locker room diva, doesn't want to take advice from the vets, doesn't want to play nice with people who don't like people he likes it's it's unfortunate and he was a lackluster champion worse than the company's history but he's part of that Omega and Bucks group and then we had the Bucks and Omega apparently get pretty heated about what Punk said about them being in a position that they are the fallout sounds like there were actually physical altercations between punk his his trainer and the whole elite i don't know what the fallout of this is going to be this is this is this is further proof that punk is very difficult to work with you know i we we knew that and they had to know that coming in but let's not pretend that like AEW doesn't need him If Punk leaves, the stock on that company immediately goes down. Hangman, Bucks, and even Omega, they leave tomorrow, it's not going to hurt the company. And that's a cold hard truth that a lot of people don't want to hear. But it's true. It's 100% true. You don't have to like it, but it is true. Punk makes that company relevant. The match with MJF is going to be huge. Still don't understand why we're not doing a Brian Danielson punk match. Why we haven't. It's been a year now since both men have been in the company. Tony Khan has revealed himself to crack under the pressure. Tony Khan is cracking under the pressure. Big time. And I don't know if he can sustain this much longer. Because the, the response that he was giving to the media asking... What, what do you think about WWE counter-programming him? He was pissed. He was mad. You know, this was our weekend. This was ours. We started doing this on Labor Day weekend. Now they're, they did two shows. We were the third show this weekend. It's bullshit. Look, you wanted a war. You know, Tony, you get on Twitter... You make little snide jabs that you're the longest tenured CEO of a wrestling company. You brag about these demographics. You brag about your ratings when they're not even really that damn impressive. You you can't call people back. You let people's contracts expire just so you don't have to deal with the fallout of having to tell somebody, hey, look, we don't want you anymore. This guy, he's cracking under the pressure, and now that WWE's actually punching back, He can't seem to handle it. He's not handling it well. Couple that with the fact that his executive VPs are getting into fistfights legitimately in the back with his actual talent, his big stars. The wheels are coming off of this thing. We knew that there was a civil war brewing in this company. And this is a bad time for it. Because WWE's managed to retake some of this momentum that they've lost for a long, long time. You know, six, eight months ago, AEW had all the momentum. All of it. They didn't capitalize at all. Like I said, you could have been doing Punk Danielson. You could have been doing big business. You could have been booking actual long-term stuff. Instead, we have to cater to the niche audience. That's not a way to grow a fan base. That's not a way to sustain long-term business. Cater to the hardcores. I'm sure the hardcores and the fanboys loved this show. And I'm sure the hardcores and the fanboys are pissed at Punk. They shouldn't be. The Elite, you know, the Bucks and Omega and Hangman, it is what it is. But these guys are adults and they need to be adults, especially if they're EVPs. Tony Khan dug himself in a hole from day one when he put those guys in that role. That's why the Civil War's here. And I think a lot more people are going to start siding with Punk. Eventually, Tony Khan's going to have to make a choice. And it's going to hurt a lot of feelings a lot and i don't know that this company can handle it i hope i'm wrong believe it or not i want this company to succeed but i don't know if it has the the willpower at this point but that's more talk for another day we'll get the guys back on we'll have a roundtable discussion about all this again i am tony g i thank you for watching i thank you for listening like share and subscribe To catch us for the next review, WWE Extreme Rules and anything that happens between now and then, we'll try to do a roundtable more of this stuff because there's a lot more to talk about. We will catch you soon.